0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. So, um, this is Anita and this is Black Menopause and Beyond. I'm interviewing Marlene and Marlene's going to go a bit more into what she does and who she is, but she's a therapist and one of the areas that she specialises In is menopause. So, Marlene, can you tell us a bit about you
1: and as a whole what you do? Okay, thank you, Anita. Um, My name is Marlene Antoinette Daly, and I'm a psychodynamic psychotherapist. And one of the specialisms um, that I work with are women who are going through the various stages of menopause. Um, a lot of women who come, who come and see me with various, what we would call presenting issues or concerns, um, things they don't know what's happening to them, you know, why, they, why they're feeling low, why they're feeling angry, why they're of, you know, low energy. And once we get talking, you know, and processing, as we call it in, in um, therapeutic terms, it's often down to the menopause so what I found, doing my own research as well, is that the menopause brings up lots of lots of issues that perhaps women have had and buried, or they thought they'd buried it away in their child. But when it's the menopause, the menopause is a stage of life where because of all the changes that are happening to, to us as women, both physically and mentally, so lots of things start coming up, things that believe we buried, things that we didn't want to deal with, things that we thought we'd put to bed. So the emotional side is very, very prevalent with menopausal women. So not only are um, the women having to deal with all the physical changes, and apparently there's, you know, 34 symptoms of menopause, possibly more. So they're dealing with one of those, maybe if they're lucky, but usually it's a lot more than just one symptom. They're having to deal with all the physical changes and then, bang, an explosion of all the emotional or psychological changes that are happening for them. So, I do a lot of work with um, clients who are actually menopausal women. Does
0: um, racial reverie? Uh, just come. This question just come to my head just now because I know I haven't I haven't mentioned this to you. But does yep. racial reverie have an
1: impact on the menopause? Racial reverie. Mm. What what's your definition of racial reverie? Well, from my understanding, racial
0: reverie revering, so I can't pronounce my ass. So sorry about that. Reverie, yeah. <laughs> it, it relates to, I suppose, the long-term impact of dealing living in a world where mm-hmm. you come across um, an obstacle around your race. Mm-hmm. So it can it can be from my understanding, it's, it's over a duration of time. It's not just yeah. an incident. Um, yeah, yeah. So I would imagine a woman who's roughly menopausal age and, and they're British may yes. have encountered loads and loads of scenarios where they're devalued because of, the, yeah. of their ethnicity.
1: Yeah, well, racial reverie does come into play um, in the sense that, again, there's that, you know, the strong black woman, you know, when you're menopausal, you're not necessarily that strong Black woman stereotype. And so lots of the women, you know, therapy is actually the last thing that they'll do when they really can't cope no more, when they find that they're, you know, not getting out of bed or constantly bursting into tears. So they're no longer this, you know, at work. They may have to have that image amongst, sometimes even amongst their friendship group or in their community. Um, so when they then become menopausal, th- this strong black woman, all the all the layers that's really th- that strong black woman's had to mask, all the all the things that they've had to face, you know, in their lives, the microaggressions, you know, possibly at work, within their community, just even sometimes within their families, you know, depending on where 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 their their heritage is, you know, lots of the women have come from very matriarchal societies or communities, within their relationships, they've carried, you know, they're the ones that carried a lot and no longer are they feeling able to then carry, you know, it may be the finance, let's say, or even with the relationship, they feel that, you know, that that their partners may no longer see them as as fertile or um, sexy or even good enough. So there is a lot of feeling of not good enough that comes into it, as well as, yes... You know, racial reverie, which which I define as this waking up reverie, meaning you know this waking up of realizing just who you are, and then possibly with menopause of who you who you no longer are, and I think that that is that is um, the depth of a lot of the, the the issues that are coming into the therapy space. They are no longer you know a strong black woman physically perhaps and also very much emotionally because they're having to deal with so much of the unknown you know they've managed to deal with everything else but this they perhaps can't deal with or they're struggling to deal with so yes in answer to your question racial reverie often also comes into the therapy space.
0: I mean what made you
1: start to work in the menopausal area? I think for me personally um I was always a reader so I read up a lot about menopause so when I became you know perimenopausal I knew what was happening when I was menopausal I guess some would say that I had a smooth smooth journey I I didn't really have you know many hot flushes that I couldn't cope with I had mood swings so a lot of it was my own curiosity if this was happening to me then it is obviously happening to you know my peers and it's going to happen to you know the the women who are you know slightly younger than me so I used to speak a lot to my my mother in that age group now that age group just didn't talk talk about the menopause they didn't talk to their friends they didn't even talk some of them didn't even talk to their partners there was no even acknowledging themselves you know and if you think about it it's known as the change you know that dreaded thing the, the change you know often the woman is seen as changing into this neurotic dragon that you know with that's erratic and unpredictable so I think it was my own curiosity that I then did more research into it and then as I said when I started practicing a lot of issues that women were coming with when we started you know the processing the reflection and the analyzing it was actually due to due to menopause 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 played the key part in the way they were feeling and then the way they were feeling then made they made choices depending on how they're feeling so a lot of it started off with curiosity Anita and then you know doing my own research doing my own studying doing lots of other training so that I was then able although I'm not medically I can't advise medically um I wanted to be equipped to be able to advise psychologically for any of my clients who then came into the space and you know with menopause being one of the underlying issues.
0: I mean, from what I understand, the medical, um, the mental side for quite a few women is a major issue on all kinds of levels. So it yeah. could be and um, they might need medical assistance because the, the hormonal imbalance. So they might mm. need to talk to a doctor, but sometimes it's just the lack of confidence. It's, I mean, I know a common scenario where women lose their confidence is when they're at work and they're continually being hot and cold and sweating, yes. there's an element of imbalancement and uncomfortableness. Um, yes. and, and I know that for some women, they leave their work and jobs because of that feeling um, that affects them potentially five days a week um, for 40 yes. hours a week. Um, so the mental side, even if you don't have a biological condition, is yes. something that
1: still can affect a lot of women it can still and, and still yes as you're right it is affecting a lot of women so much so now that I don't know if you've noticed you know menopause is sort of like the the key word at the moment everyone's talking about it because now they're they're thinking of various laws lots of there's been a lot of training for employers or in the HR departments, managers about menopause it's not something that you know men can giggle in the corner or, or women shouldn't be it's in fact now I think you can be you know em- employers can be taken to the tribunal for disc- discrimination so there's a lots of help now for women at work they shouldn't be in that position where they're feeling that they've got to lo- lose their job because yes one of the symptoms is brain fog you know, you're in the middle of sentences sometimes and you can't finish. You, you literally cannot remember what you've got to say. You know, I have clients who they've had to, you know, they've had quite high level positions, which meant they had to do presentations. And the thought of doing a presentation then then triggered off hot sweats, then triggered off unforgetfulness, then triggered off embarrassment. And, and so it goes on and on. But now, you know, women should feel confident enough to speak to their HR department in confidence. Let them know, I am going through the menopause, you know, this is what, this is how it's impacting on me, and there should be support. You know, no woman should be discriminated now at work for being menopausal. It's not, you know, it used to be like an office, oh, she's menopausal, you know, having a good laugh about it. It's actually not a laughing matter. And also men, you know, the, the male managers are now being educated. So any reputable company now will have menopausal training, and I I, on a few occasions, have gone into organisations and done some menopausal tr- It's more me, being awareness, you know, colleagues need to be aware, managers need to be aware that, you know, if a woman is going through all these changes, the you know, the the physical one and the psychological changes, then yes, it will affect her work because, you know, there's no getting away from it. It will affect your work, but women, should, they should be able to support that woman as opposed to be you know sniggering round the corner so I would encourage any woman listening to the podcast if you are you know feeling you know maybe insecure at work or afraid at work to um, speak to your HR because they should know and if anything you can always contact me and I can signpost you to where you can get support but there's a lot of support now at work for women
0: which is really good because you know um, menopause even though it's it's been a taboo for such a long time so yeah. many it's affected so many women's work in life yes um, and considering the fact women are paid less and women either take jobs which are less than they you know the, 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 they leave work they 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 try, kind of downsize with regards to their careers because yes. of the menopause um that not only we start off earning less, we end up earning less if we do this. So actually we need a strong support system um, and we need workplaces to support us through this um, and understand
1: us just so that we get our deserved value. Yes, exactly. And I must say there is a a change. There is a shift now to being, you know, organisations being aware. I must say it's usually the bigger organisations, the bigger companies, but you know, what's out there you know and there are some guidance for even menopause menopause policies that is actually for all companies so again if anyone's struggling or they feel that their company's not not doing enough or if anything at all you know in fact that if they just even google menopause at work a lot of resources and information will come up now on the net it is as you said used to be taboo it's not a taboo it, it is very very real and it's now being, you know, brought into the awareness of of the work the workplace. So I've got, I've got
0: um, another question to ask you. So Marlene, sorry, um, it's about menopause and relationships. I know you, you've you've briefly mentioned them, but that's one of the struggle, isn't it, for for um, women? Is and it's all relationships. So we've mentioned work because that that contains relationships, but it's their children. Because you sometimes yes. have teenage children, don't you, at that age as well, as yes. younger children. And then it's also your partners as well as your friendships. Yes. Does menopause have
1: mean, an impact on relationships? Well, it does have an impact and, and it will have a much bigger impact, you know, if the woman is afraid, is not facing her own menopause. So I would say, you know, really educate yourself. There is a lot there now to know about and do not be afraid. Embarrassed or ashamed, whatever feeling is coming up for you to say you're menopausal. If your if your if your um, children know, you know, obviously you're adult as you said, teenagers. Teenagers are very aware now. It's you know, in my I, I mentioned my mum earlier on. I mean, she's 86 now. In her, day, I, I actually remember my mum just strange, taken to a bed, not 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 coming out of bed. which is thought, oh, you know, and and also my aunts. But now we talk, we can talk, we can have conversations with our children and they know much more than, you know, we think they know. You know, so I would recommend and I always recommend to anybody who, who comes to me, let your family know. If they don't know already, let them know. You know, I went for, you know, I went from a statement. I would have these not so much the physical symptoms, but rage for no moment. You know, and it was just over a cup of tea. <laughs> you know, there's really little silly things, and then you know, oh, and you feel yourself getting angry. You know why you're getting angry, but you can't stop yourself getting angry. So again, women will say they're shouting and screaming, and their children are looking at them. All you know, and because if you a menopausal woman and adolescent children, uh, uh-uh, uh, you know, quite uh, uh, the dynamics in that household. It's a bit like a war. Again, I think if you speak to your children, speak to your friends or those who are around you, presumably those, you know, if you've got friends the same age group, then you can have a talk and sometimes a laugh together or, or whatever. And definitely your partner. I mean, you're going to have to question your relationship if you can't speak to your partner to let them know you're let him, him or her know you're, meso, you're menopausal. So it is about communication. And again, educating, because there is, I can't say this enough, there is so much information now out there. Even if you print something off and leave a leaflet on the table then, you know, in some families, you've got to do the education. Um, but yes, it is about communicating. It's not, it's not a lone journey. If you're living with, in, within a family or with, you know, in a relationship menopause isn't a journey you can go alone it's not something you can actually hide it's a natural thing it's a, it's a phase of life I always say if we're fortunate enough we go through menopause because obviously some women don't make it so those of us who have fortunate it's, 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 it's an age or or, or a, a state where you know we are you know we're grown now we can do things that you know different things that come in come in our lives but I think once once you accept this stage of your life, then it's a whole different. It's just a different awakening. Without going too much into spirituality and all of that, but it is once I think it's communicating and accepting. You've got to communicate with those around you, and you, the woman, has got to accept that you know you've grown, you've you've moved through the stages of life, and now this is a this is just another stage of life. So I've got. Um, I mean, it
0: could be that uh, your strategy with regards to dealing with different scenarios of menopause might be the same but I thought I'd put it out there because one thing I've learned since I've been studying and looking into the menopause that the menopause is so varied so so I I know I've come across women who've experienced a childless menopause um, (laughs) and whether they biologically have like a hormonal imbalance which affects their mental health they generally go through additional things around the child childlessness part don't they i mean yes. if a listener is experienced experiencing this what can you say to yes
1: to that person? well with menopause a lot of the feelings is is grief and loss a so child so they're grieving over what they didn't have or they now can't have um there are a lot of women who grieve about the loss of the of menstruation even because menstruation for them there was that that was their womanhood. Um even those who were not thinking of having other no more children, you know, just the fact that they no longer could anyway, because you know our womb, menopause and all, you know, that's a that's a completely different area about how that affects a woman. But there is a lot of grief and loss. So those who you know have gone into menopause you know are, are childless as you say there, there is a lot of grief work i do a lot of grief work grief work and loss around that because it, it is a big loss it is a big loss
0: i mean also uh, i've spoken to a few people and it's not it's not so much they have the few people i've mentioned this to it's not so much that they have anxiety mm-hmm. but I know- when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring A few women are single and they've gone through the menopause and it changes it influences their feelings with regards to starting new relationships with some of them. I mean, yes. is it something that women go to you and they mention yes, through the that's menopause Why thing. Still,
1: Yeah. Yes. You see that again is that comes under the um, the, the grief and loss umbrella um, because they've gone through the menopause. Are you saying that, that those ones have not had children, or they've had children but they it's don't? It's a mixture. It's a mixture,
0: and I think it's connected to because um, sometimes with the menopause you have loss of libido. So I yes. think some women they just don't feel the urge to seek another partner, or they think yes. it's the wrong time to seek a partner,
1: or they feel that they've failed. They've come to this stage in their life and they're not settled. Yes, well, all of those all of those themes come up in the therapy space. Those who you know would like. To enter a new relationship but because of all the physical symptoms the psychological symptoms and also that feeling a lot of women have this feeling of not good enough now or no longer good enough you know there's lots of themes about no one's going to want them anymore you know because of the, the body changes because of the psychological changes who's going to want them and again I, can, I can't emphasise enough. Once once you come to us, because acceptance does actually a lot, it is quite healing and therapeutic. Because if you know what you're going through, if you know why your body is, let's say sometimes out of control, if you know that sometimes you are so drained that you've got to stay in bed, you know that, but you know it's not going to last. So it's, if your state of mind is an accepting state of mind, then you will be able to make those choices You make informed choices as to, well, you know what, well, maybe not now. Or, you know, if you were, you know, in the throes of entering a a new relationship, there is nothing wrong with saying, you know, before the start, don't, don't pretend. At the moment, I am menopausal. So there's going to be some days when I'm falling in love with you and some days when I can't really bear to see you. but. That's, you know, that's how the menopause is affecting me. You've got to be open and honest. You can't enter a relationship. It's, it's like what I said before. If you're in a relationship, the menopause journey isn't a solo journey for those already in relationships. And if you're thinking of entering a new relationship, this applies the same thing. It's not something that you can really hide or you shouldn't hide because this, the new partner has got to know and then they can make the, they, they can make the decision themselves. But if they don't know, there's going to be a lot, lots of hurdles that you're going to have to encounter without, you know, unknown or on your own or, or what you're going to say today or, or all different things. Really, I personally would say that if the if if one of my clients came to me and they were still not sure they were they were struggling, with, you know, menopause maybe you know I would wonder with them and be very curious with them as to why they thought it was a good time to start a new relationship and we will process you know all the elements of that first because it is it, it can be difficult yes it can be difficult and and that's a that's a fact that as we, some women have to face.
0: And with regards to what you do I mean, can you describe quite briefly what people can experience working with
1: you with regards to anxiety and mental health? Um, as in in the therapy space, do you mean? Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, in the therapy space, it's different depending on who the client is. Um, I work, I'm very, very, depending on the client, psychodynamically, psychoanalytically. Sometimes we do art therapy. Sometimes it's CBT. It all depends on, you know, the client and what the, the client is coming to or, or presenting in the space. Um, there's lots of resources that I also recommend the clients to refer to uh, or to um you know to look look up themselves and do their own research anything that's medical then obviously i will refer them back to their gp cuz you know that's not my my specialism or my skill but it all depends every every woman i would say is different Depends on what they're bringing into the space. Because, yes, they they may be coming with menopause as an underlying issue, but there's other things that they, you know, what is that menopause bringing up for them? And then we would explore both together in very different ways. Yeah, in very different ways. Because also, another thing that's, you know, highly recommend that I recommend is mindfulness, you know, going for exercise there's food as well people need to look at food so again I can you know refer them to nutritionists to um coaches like exercise coaches all different resources they can be referred to depending on the client and depending on what what's coming up for them so you also offer retreats don't you for women can you give us a bit of information on your retreats yes um the retreats are based in a wonderful holistic space it 's by the scene broadstairs in kent um, and there's two different types of retreats for menopausal women there's a retreat where they want you know some women want a program they want you know a work like a daily workshop they want to go for walks they want to bond and and share with you know with other menopausal women so there's a like a um devised if if I call it program type retreat a retreat that has a program but other menopausal women want to just go away by the sea they want to do their own thing they want to go for walks you know they want to go on the beach they want to reflect you know and come to terms or to their own awakening you know of their own accord so there's two there's either the the heal and rest retreats that's really by themselves um or the ones when it's, there's devised programs where women or groups of women sometimes it's friends groups of friends sometimes it's just different women and they you know i, I can say that they make friends by the time they they um come off the, the um, retreat and the retreats are either seven days or four day retreats but they're all based in a beautiful space in um broadstairs in kent
0: and also the the retreats for any ethnicity but you do have women of colour go don't you because sometimes I find like, the menopause space
1: that mm-hmm. you meet division um yes you can do yes you can yeah. and, and again it depends on the something so with our retreats because they're bespoke some of them is just for anyone and you know anyone it doesn't matter you know women are women but there's also we call them the more soulful retreats that are for, for women of color who specifically say they want to go on a retreat with other women, you know, who they can relate to. Because, yes, I mean, if you if what we're saying before, um, if your mindset is you're no longer the strong black woman that you were, um, you know, that a group of Strong black women may want to go away together, so we're very um, careful when we're doing our retreats. And as to who, you know, we would say, well, maybe this book retreat would suit you better because to go on the retreat as, retreat as well is that we do like an assessment. And so we would assess and then we would say, you know, give the options of what we think was suitable for, um, because the retreat, you're you're going to be in a space with with other women. So it is very important as well that as best as we can, you know, we get the right women together in the retreat so that everybody's in a shared space, especially when you don't know each other. That's important. It's different if it's a group of women wanted to go away together and then they were like friends. But, you know, when you don't know, and as as you quite rightly said, you don't want to be in a space when then you're feeling left out or misunderstood. So that's where we are very, very um, careful when we're doing the retreats and and there is an initial assessment that has to be done first.
0: I mean, also what I'll say, because I know that... Even though this is called Black Menopause and Beyond, all different types of ethnicities listen to the podcast. So Mm -hmm. uh, what I'm going to explain to some people who may not be aware that sometimes when you're a person of colour, when you're in spaces, you you don't feel like you fit in yeah mm-hmm. but it could be it might be how you feel that you don't feel yeah. in because you don't have things in common with the other people or you can't talk about things which are um which have a certain degree of importance to you but they it doesn't resonate with the other people but sometimes yeah. you don't feel comfortable because you feel that the group don't necessarily I suppose welcome you or understand you or feel I don't know whatever reason, and if you're going through something, we have around the topic of mental health, um, yes. And 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 you're feeling anxiety. That's just something you just don't want to deal with, is it? No, because, it is. because it puts you on edge while you try and work out: Am I feeling uncomfortable? Do these people not want me here? And if you already turn up, if you're turning up to a scenario, yes, yeah, yeah. around anxiety and 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 you have questions about who you are that's just not something you want to deal with so I don't want anyone to think it's about racism because it's not about racism it's no, about it's, it's about you're dealing with your mental health and you don't want to have to sit and work out whether you're welcome or not
1: yes would you would you agree with that I was agree with that you don't and also you don't want to be you don't want to go away somewhere where you're having to watch what you know your p's and q's and and also you want to be you want to feel that you're understood you want to feel that there is a shared lived experience you know and that you know you can as when we do the assessment you know, you can, and, we, and it's not just a, a written. When I say assessment, there's like a form that um, anyone who wants to come along will fill in. And also, we talk to them. There will be a phone call, so we can. So I can have a conversation, just like what you've just had. Um, you know, because so some's very open, and it doesn't matter. Especially the ones maybe when it's just when you just you know you're going to go for walks. You just want to go come go away somewhere, you know, somewhere from home. That's a safe space that has therapeutic elements to it. But you are going to go off and do your own thing. But if it's a program, because even the the shared experience—let's say—I mean, I gave the example of of my mother um, and her experience. You know, when I talk to other women from of color, from the same—I'm from Jamaican background—we can all relate to that. We don't have to explain that. We don't have to explain that many of my peers were never even told about menstruation so sometimes you need that shared lived experience in order to feel comfortable and in order to feel safe and in order to move on from that and and in order to have you know the idea of the retreats is to go away acknowledging yes you're 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 in menopause and you know what you're having the best time of your life
0: definitely but yes I don't want anyone who possibly might not be a person of colour to feel that it's about it's not really about racism it's about being the default and and I think the thing is when you're a person of color when you're different for whatever reason whether it's around your sexual preference whether it's disabilities or whatever you're never the default person you're never you know the default person is always somewhere else but sometimes to mend yourself to feel good about yourself you need to put yourself as the default yeah and and that's that's how I see that's how I use it I need to be the default to deal with my health my mental yes. health, my physical health and some of my characteristics, my the things that relate to me as a black woman need to be the default at that moment in time. Yeah, because yes. so, yeah. yes, you, you can't you can't you can't you can't deal with things if it's not about you. Yes. Yeah. So I don't want anyone to feel that if there is any, because because I'm also part of Black women in menopause, that's often a question that people ask. Well, why aren't your group racist then? When, when if a white woman created a, a menopause group called White Menopause, that would be considered to be racist. And it's about the fact that when you're white, you're automatically the default. It's automatically presumed that um, when they're talking about someone, it's someone that looks like you. So therefore yeah. your health is always first, whereas our health is not always first because we might have characteristics which are different, but they're never brought to the table. Yes, yeah. Yeah. and
1: that's so, quite true because, again, if you look at some of the research, the researchers um, said shown that um, black women, hot, they have more frequent hot flushes. So there's lots of things that's actually through research race and and the menopause is is quite um you know people there's a difference as you said there's a difference between how white women how asian women yep. how black women and also not just black you know black women let's just say in the caribbean yeah menopause impacts them differently to black women in africa to black women you know born born in the uk
0: mm. i mean i start to say haven't it's one of my things I want to find out is how do you deal with hot flushes if you're already in a boiling hot country? Because <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine having to deal with that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've never had hot flushes. So when I'm talking to women and they're half naked on Zoom or whatever, because they're so hot. What? what? How would? How does that affect you if you live in a hot country? You mm-hmm. must melt.
1: I mean, I really have- which well, see that's a question that you need to ask somebody who's in a hot country. No. <laughs> who's menopausal? Yeah, re- reach out there and because yeah. obviously they have to our our our, grand, our forefathers had to deal with it. Yeah. In Africa and all the other hot countries, if that's right, they've, they've had to deal with it.
0: Yeah, and it must be a major thing. If, if, you're, mm. if you're leaving work because you can't handle some of your menopause symptoms in this country, and some of them, one of them might be hot flushes, what are you doing in other countries which are hot hot even in winter? And mm. It must affect you every day. It must affect your work, your mood, everything. So I know that's one of the things that I'm really desperate to find out, um, mm. and I haven't found out yet. But, um, you know,
1: I think it's because it's... we're. Your perception of hot because remember they live in those countries every day because I've been abroad really hot countries and enough, I've, and I've been really thinking, oh my God, I had a coat and, the, and there's not one sweat bead on their face they're okay. still wearing long sleeves, and they can always tell the tourists you know wear on all skimpy dresses, short sleeves, and everything else so perhaps yes, it's hot, that's a fact, but it's not hot but un- they li- they live in that heat, so, so they might be fine to do it.
0: Yeah, it might be, it but be. it
1: might not be, because this is the thing about be.
0: black women, is mm. we we have a mindset that we'll get through it, that we're yeah. strong. Yeah, so it, could it. Be, it could be that there's an army of black women who are suffering, yeah. but because they're black women in a hot country, they've just got to get on with it, but actually they're suffering in silence. We don't know. We don't know. that's, that's, and that's what I need to find out. There.
1: Yeah, you yeah. need to start the research then, to on that yeah. one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to come to... Um, in end, thank you very much. But if you could tell people how they can get hold of you, I will attach um, to the notes your details, but if you could tell people
1: how they can get hold of you, that'd be great. Okay. Um, you can get hold of me if you want to find out more about my services, either my therapeutic services or um, any of the retreats. I think the easiest thing is just to I'll give my, my number, which is 07956166. Four seven four, And the email address for the, the retreats is quite simply Retreats by the Bay. That's Retreats by the Bay, all one word. And just as the words are spelt, nothing fancy. Retreats in the normal spelling by the and Bay, B A Y, at gmail.com.
0: Okay, thanks very much for the interview. It's been very interesting.
1: And, and thank you um, for having me.
0: Well, thank you for coming. I yes. always say
1: yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me.